0: This is Pastor Len, and I am coming to you live from New Life Church. Uh, I love this place, this place the Lord provided. This is where we meet on Sundays, uh, Saturdays, or if we have weekly services. We meet on on Wednesdays, sometimes Thursdays, and this is the place. This is where the, the, the glory falls. This is where the magic is. And I just thank God um, for this place, for providing this place. And I like coming here, walking, praying, you know, just listening. Holy Spirit is uh, giving me a lot of words and a lot of messages and a lot of words of, of comfort. And, um, so we're gonna be broadcasting from here a few a few times a week. And hopefully I can get Lori out of bed early enough where she can come and join me. That's one of the reasons why we uh we turn it to to uh to 9 a.m. start and um I hope it's okay with uh with y'all. And before I begin, I wanna thank you. I really I always I always start out this way. And and I'm always going to start out this way. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for all that you do. Your cards, your letters, your encouraging words, and your financial gifts. You know, I'm not one to ask for money, ask for partners. I'm not one to send out emails or mailings. You know, sometimes I In the past, in the past, I struggled with that because I would watch the funds kind of appear to be drying up. And um, that's when I started letting worry in. But then I started allowing the peace of God to take over and him letting me know, listen, I called you. I called you to this place. It's my will, you know, and I'm going to foot the bill. And I'm going to use my children. And I want to thank you. I want to praise Daddy God for such a wonderful family, for such for such wonderful kids. And you listen. And so many of you have blessed us with financial gifts, financial offerings. You know, again, it was one of these months where hmm, you know it's getting kind of tight. But I've learned to let it go and trust in the Lord. And so we were out of town on Monday, so I didn't get the mail. So I just picked up the mail this morning. I went to the mail, and I opened it. There was a gift from, I'm a crier, sorry. There was a gift from Covington. Covington, Georgia And I'm like, wow How timely is our dad? how, how timely is our father God? I, I Thank you all for your wonderful gifts But today I, I want to thank The brother and the sister from Covington, Georgia You're really blessed and so this, this morning, you know, I want to again talk about a subject that I believe is not talked about enough and should be emphasized, you know, much more than it is. Now tomorrow we're going to get, we're going to get back into the fruits of righteousness, the character of Christ. So today, again, is just a little extra, some, some additional scriptures, an additional segue you know, into that teaching. But, you know, it's October 24th, I believe, or is it it October 25th? I don't know what day it is, but I do know one thing. 22nd, 23rd, 24th. You know, yesterday was the 24th. And a year ago, yesterday, is when I received the phone call from the doctor telling me that it's confirmed I have life-threatening cancer. And um, it's very aggressive, you know, two large, two large um, tumors on each side of my neck, two large tumors in my nasal cavity, one tumor working to my optic nerve, towards my optic nerve, another tumor working, making its way to my brain. And, uh, you know, it was um, very aggressive and I was told I had a 2% chance of survival. 2%. I guess that's a little bit nicer than saying you have a 98% chance that you will die. So, you know, after that, for about, I'm going to be honest with you, for about 30 seconds, I cried and I wept. And I actually, it, it seemed like I was, going to em- I was embracing the fact that within a year, But I thank God, those birds were flying over my head and I didn't let them nest. 30 seconds was up and I started going to the Word of God, the Word of God that I had in me, the words about healing especially, and you know, peace came. And I never forget, the very first person I called, the very first person I called was not my wife, Lori. The very first person I called, for some reason, was my son Brandon. So I called Brandon, and I told him. And you would think maybe there would be a silence on the phone. What is he gonna say now, after his father lets him know what he, he, he does? And then after a long pause, what will be the words out of his mouth? You know, dad, you know I love you and we're in your corner and we'll do whatever we have to do to help you through this time. No, he didn't skip a beat. He didn't miss a step. As soon as I told him, the words that came from his mouth were powerful. And this is what he said. He said, well, dad, you know what to do. You know what to do. You got this beat. And I'm like, "Wow. That's what I needed to hear. That's what I needed to hear for my son. My son was healed of cancer. And I remember the day I took him in the parking lot and I said, "You are my son, and I have authority to speak into your life." And we cursed his cancer and it, and we and and we cast it away in Jesus name. Cancer free. He remembers that. He remembers how, you know, we got a a, a new revelations, new revelations on grace and giftings and healing. He's the right one to call. First words out of his mouth, Dad, you got this, you know what to do. Doesn't stand a chance. That was great. But the only thing he said was, don't tell mom. But I want to tell you something. And the reason why... The reason why I'm sharing this is because, listen, after the 24th, on on the eve before I was supposed to see another specialist, specialist, I received my word from God. You will live. You will not die. You will not miss a day's work. You will not miss a Sunday and you will not miss a Saturday. Well, you know what? When this, when, 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 when the program was all over, I missed one, missed one Sunday, but it wasn't because of, of, of the, the cancer or the treatments. It was because I was given a new, a new doctor, a new pain medication doctor, that upped my pain medication by eight times, and I became a zombie for three days. I didn't know which end was up, and so I couldn't function, and, and, and I missed a service. But it was not because of the cancer, and it was not because of the treatments. It was because of a faulty prescription of medication from a doctor. So he told me, you know, you will live, you will not die. You will not miss a day. And number three, proceed with peace. Proceed with peace. But I want to let you know. Listen, I know you're going through situations. Let's just call them situations, circumstances challenges and i know you're looking for answers for a whole let's just say not a whole year but pretty much a year i I mean i was dealing with and let's just say working i was working and we're not supposed to work we're, we're supposed to rest to overcome Years and years and years of what I call faulty teaching. Faulty teaching. Faulty teaching because, because men today who are standing in pulpits are not separating the covenants. They have failed to grab a hold of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 8, where Jesus says, Lo, I come to do your will, and that is to do away with the old. Do away with it means do away with it. Everything about it. The covenant that said before God can do anything, you must do this. Do it yourself, system. The law. Jesus said, lo, it is written in the volume of the book, I come to do your will. And that is to do away with that. Do away with it and bring in the new. But yet, we're still teaching the mixture, the mixture of the covenants. You must, you need to, you have a responsibility before God. You, you have to do this, you know? And we go back to the Old Testament and we find all the conditional, uh, the, the, conditional verses that were part of that covenant that Jesus came to do away with. And so confusion. And I know, for pretty much a year, the cloudiness was still there. The traditions of men, you know? And, and, and I find myself, at times, listening to people, trusted people, New Covenant believers who, who still gravitate, gravitate to mixture, gravitate to the Old Covenant. And for, for, for the year, for a year, I'm like, okay, Lord, why? Why? And you might be asking yourself these questions. Why? Why is this happening to me? Why has this happened to me? You know, what did I do wrong? Better yet, what have I not done right? You know? Now, now then we become riddled with guilt and shame and condemnation over the things that, oh boy, and you know, the enemy is good. The enemy mindset, it's good at, at helping us remember all the bad, all the mistakes. What did I do wrong, you know? And, and then, oh boy, once that happens, then you're like, oh man, you know, God is this is is this your chastisement? Did you are you bringing this upon me to chastise me? Are you bringing this upon me to, you know, to 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 to, to, to reprove me? It's in the Bible, but it's not in the New Covenant. But it's in the Bible, and it was in my mind. I'm 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 I got the word from God. I will live and I will not die. Okay, right? But now I'm like, but why? But why? What did I do wrong? What have I not done right? You know? Okay, God, you you brought this upon me. Chastisement, you know, I'm thinking, thank God he he gave me the word. It's not sickness unto death because how many times, you know, in the past we were taught, you know, there are sicknesses unto death. Sicknesses unto death. You know, God is sovereign. And we'll use that scripture and we'll take it out of context. And you know, it's appointed unto man, wants to die. Yes, it is. I, there will be a day, a day, unless Jesus comes back, where I will wear out. The body will wear out. And there's going to be an appointed day when that takes place. God's, God's omniscience, he knows it. But God doesn't select a day. He doesn't. He doesn't. You know? Apostle Paul, I've run my race, right? I've finished my course. The Apostle Paul shows us with a long life he will satisfy me. These are his promises, right? The Apostle Paul, I'm done. I've completed my course. I've finished my race. Now it's time for me to go see Jesus. He picks. Believe it or not, we pick, we choose. And how does that take place? By our belief system. By our belief system. That's why when the Word of God says, as a man thinketh, so is he, it's so powerful. Where, where, where the attention goes, the energy will flow. It's so powerful. But I was, my mind was spinning because I had to get rid of all, I had to get, Lord wanted me to get rid of all this through this period of time. Get rid of this, get rid of this, get rid of this. Get rid of your worry, get rid of your anxiety. And I was filled with worry and I was filled with anxiety. Can you imagine coming into that system, uh, coming into that circumstance? Coming into that circumstance. Now, in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 8, there's a verse that says, um, he who digs a pit, a pit will fall into it. And, you know, if you allow a, a break in the wall, a breach in the wall, you'll find that the serpent can bite. And, you know, I read that And I saw the fact that I allowed a breach to take place, and I dug a pit, and I dug a pit of worry, and of anxiety, and of fear. And the amazing thing was, not only did God bring us through, God, you know, I wasn't able to work my pest control business. That was a big income. That was a big part of my income. I wasn't able to work pest control for, I don't know, from November, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June, you know, July, August, I was able to, you know, start uh, strong enough to get out there and, and hold the, uh, the pressure tanks and, and, you know, do the climbing and the crawling, but for a long period of time, man. And so you could imagine there was, there was worry and there was fear and there was anxiety before that. Now, I'm not able to work. And the amazing thing was, as I was learning to rest, I was, as I was learning, you know, and as it was, the foundation was forming, you know, more strongly and more deeply and more fervently, that this is not because of what I did. Or what I didn't do before God. And he, he, took, he took care of everything. He raised up people that showered us with beautiful gifts and beautiful offerings. And he took care of the... He's amazing. And he, he started doing a work in me where he started to show me. And he's still showing me. I haven't arrived but i know i'm well on my way and i'm taking you with me on true righteousness and true holiness it's not about what i do it's not about what you do it's not about what you what you've done we make everything about what we do what we have to do and all the challenges and bad you know and trials whatever be- come because of what we did. We have to totally become removed from anything that has to do with doing it doing it yourself. It's not because of what you've did. It's not because of what you've done. It's because of what Jesus has done. Praise him. Praise him. So I want to show you some portions of Scripture that I just just was looking at this morning. And one is from Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. Listen to this verse. This verse is beautiful. This is the Apostle Paul. My passion is to be consumed with him and not clinging to my own righteousness, Many of us still try to do that, cling to our own righteousness because of messages of mixture, because of messages from the wrong covenant. My passion is to, and this is, this is Paul, you have to understand Paul, how zealous he was for the law. This, this is why this is so amazing, coming from Paul. My passion is to be consumed with him and not clinging to my own righteousness, Based on keeping written laws, my righteousness will be based on him and the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. It's the very righteousness that comes from God. This is the Apostle Paul. You have to understand this. He was there when Stephen was stoned. He was arresting people that aligned themselves with Jesus. He had court papers from the high priest in the Sanhedrin to just totally rub out, erase, eradicate the name of Jesus Christ because he was zealous for the law. Listen to what he's saying here now. In in, In the Mirror Study Bible... It says this. I love it. In fact, I have come to the conclusion that every association I have had with that which defined me before as a devout, zealous Jew is by far eclipsed by what I have gained in knowing the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And his masterful redemptions now defines me. Religion. Oh, Religion is like dog poo, and it stinks. Avoid stepping in it. Yes, avoid stepping in it. Avoid stepping in it. So here I am, found in Christ. I was looking in the wrong place all along. My own duty and guilt-driven religious endeavor snared me in the cul-de-sac maze of self-righteousness. Sponsored by, sponsored by the law of works. The faith of Christ reveals my identity now. Righteousness defines who God believes that I really am now. This righteousness is sourced in God and endorses, endorses, endorses the authority of faith. So you, you want to know you want to hear, you need to believe. You need to have faith. We well, hear again is another portion of Scripture where Paul teaches us that what, how does he say it? How does he say it? What endorses the authority of your faith, what endorses the authority authority of your faith is righteousness. And that's why in Romans chapter 10, verse 6, he says, it's the righteousness by faith that speaks. Very powerful. Paul was now able to achieve everything that the Lord promised. Right? Deuteronomy chapter 28, these blessings. Paul was now able to, to receive and achieve and live and walk and breathe and move in all the blessings of Deuteronomy chapter 28. And not because... Of his doing and his obeying but because of the righteousness of faith that comes through believing in Jesus Christ oh wow this is beautiful so now another portion of scripture from Titus chapter 3 verse 4 through 7 but after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Not by works of righteousness we've done or we do. This is the word of God. I didn't hear this for the first 35 years of my Christianity. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified, that being declared righteous by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That's powerful. Here's the Apostle Paul. His whole life was about achieving. The struggle of his life was about the doing. And now, it was simply about the resting in the work of Jesus Christ. That's why he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. For the Jew first, and then for the Gentile. For therein lies the gospel of Jesus Christ. For therein lies the righteousness of God. Oh! In the mirror study Bible, Titus 3, 4, Titus 3 and verse 4 tells us this. But then, oh, happy day. It was the generosity of God and his fondness for mankind that downed on us like a shaft of light. Our days of darkness were over. Light shone everywhere and we became aware. God rescued us all. Salvation is not a reward for good behavior. It has absolutely nothing to do with anything that we have done. God's mercy saved us. The Holy Spirit endorses in us what happened to us when Jesus Christ died and was raised. When we heard the glad announcement of salvation, it was like taking a deep, warm Wonderful bath. Our minds were thoroughly cleansed and rebooted into the newness of life. And that's what this ministry is all about. Helping us reboot, reboot our minds, our souls into the true newness of life that we now walk in. The power of the Holy Spirit and grace and with Jesus Christ. I'm going to leave you with one more verse. From 1 John 4, verse 17. I believe he got some wonderful revelations from his friend, the Apostle Paul. And this is one of them. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. So now, with us awakening to our full inclusion in this love union, everything is perfect. It's completeness, is not compromised in contradiction. Our confident conversation echoes this fellowship even in the face of crisis. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Our lives are mirrored in Jesus Christ. We are as blameless in this life as Jesus is. This perfect love union is the source of our confidence whenever we face the scrutiny of contradiction. Remember that today. If you're facing contradictions, they're from the traditions of men. They're from the wrong experiences. And they're from the wrong and legal covenant. Now it is not about what we do or what we've done it's about what Jesus has. Rest and receive all that he has prepared for you. Thank you for listening and joining.